This episode of Willits Pod is brought to you by ZeroSax.com. Because when Orlando Brown Jr. says to put it on a fucking t-shirt, you put it on a fucking t-shirt. That's ZeroSax.com, baby. That is the sound of a delicious Arizona iced tea. Green tea ginseng with honey. They are not a sponsor of this show. They are a sponsor of my life. <laughs> what would I even what would I even take from them they've given me so much 99 cents for well they've cut it down to 22 ounces it used to be 24 so they give you a little less but they're keeping the price the same they've done that throughout the years um, and then the bigger ones you can get like a bottle of it that's a dollar and then you can get like um, a smaller one that is a dollar fifty the price of Arizona goes up the less you buy of it. So uh, cheers to them and the bodega. And this is Will It's Pod. I'm Jesse from the internet, and I've talked for almost an entire minute about delicious Arizona iced tea, <laughs> and they don't even pay us. You can go to willitspen.com. I can name our own website if you want to, and, and you can use uh, use the code Arizona uh, and get 10% off. I'll program that in there. Um, Arizona Ice Tea, once again, not a sponsor of this show, but I love them so much. And, and so far, I've made Britt laugh. So Britt's here from the internet. Say hi, Britt. Hi, everyone. I, I will say, too, that uh, Arizona is one of the few companies that I would probably uh, do content for a product and not mm-hmm. cash. So. They make a jacket. Like If they were going to actually sponsor us in some way, um, I want these jackets for all of us. They make this green tea can a jacket. It's it is beautiful. amazing. And I would like, you know, like, guests on Willits Pod receive. Let's do it. Arizona, um, if you're listening, and I will absolutely tag your social media account <laughs> on this show. Um, we would like to send uh, Arizona iced tea jackets to the guests of Willits Pod, which uh, today includes uh, Janice from the internet. Janice, how are you? Hello, I'm great uh, in my uh, I- internet internet life over here. Uh, so it's funny that you mentioned the can because like all of those colors on the Arizona iced tea can, like those have historically always been my favorite colors. Just like you know that seafoam green, the like the pink, the browns, uh, like what what, what are they called? The gold, like all of that. I, I, I love all those the colors. Oil trim. It's 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 like just 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 a beautiful palette. And of course, the red, white, and blue of the United States of America, telling you that Arizona iced tea is from uh, right here in the good old <laughs> U.S. of A. They they're from they're a New York company, Woodbury, Long Island. Um, delightful, delightful. Uh, not in Arizona right now, but in Florida, uh, where she's covering the New York Mets, is Abby from from the internet. Abby, how are you? Um, I'm good. I don't have an Arizona iced tea. I, I'm kind of a fizzy water girl. I got a LaCroix, LaCroix, whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A Jonathan LaCroix seltzer. Yep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we bring that back. And also the, the seafoam green does remind me that uh, this will very soon, in addition to being um, ostensibly a New York Mets podcast, uh, it will be a New York Liberty podcast as well. Um that's that's a thing that's going to happen, and I'm going to buy tickets to that and make that happen. But that's off in the future. Um, in the present, um, <laughs> I I wanted to start today because I've I've been in a bit of a tizzy. Um, I, I don't know if you can tell that I'm more agitated than usual. Um, I might be normal agitated by now. I don't know. Arizona's freaking tasty, man. Um, <laughs> But I, I've been agitated for a while, and, and you know, it was a tough day in, in general. It's been a tough time. Then. Blah, 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 blah. But my child also had a bad day, and, and, and that, or had a tough day, and, you know. Um, but it all started with, and this is where I wanted to be able to relate, was um, a bad series of officiating um, in a gym class game that her team was already losing. Um, they, they were down three, nothing, the fourth goal or point or whatever it was, was extremely controversial. And then there was, uh, you know, uh, problems arose after that and the day, the day got worse from there. Um, 
it, it made me think uh, immediately of the 1972 United States men's Olympic basketball team uh, losing the gold medal to the Soviet Union after having seemingly defeated them not once but twice. And Hank Iba just, you know, uh, throwing up his hands and saying, you know, we're, we're to this. And uh, those Americans still 50 years later not accepting their silver medals, nor should they. And, and they can wear that as a badge of, um, you know, that, that they – they stood for what they thought was right in that moment. Um, that was a really possibly useless, but in this case, yeah, we'd watched a video about just that the other day. Um, and, and what did not spring to my mind in the moment, and I don't know how this would relate to a child, because when you're a kid, you hear from your parents all the time, well, this is what, what, what I went through when I was your age, and blah, 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 blah. I'm sure that gets <laughs> Maybe the 72 Olympics is a better example. Um, but what, what came to my mind as I was walking around later, um, was when I was not her age, but a little bit, a little bit older, um, about two or three years older, uh, playing little league in prospect park. Um, I, I hit a ground ball to the, uh, left side of the infield as I would do. The line drives went the opposite way. The grounders went to the left side, uh, they picked up the ball through the first and I um, stepped on the first baseman's foot as the first baseman had his entire foot across the base. Um, this is why many leagues have that runner base at that age uh, because kids don't know where to put their freaking feet. Um, I stepped on this kid's foot, broke my elbow on the way down and uh then screamed a lot in pain and then screamed even more uh, when I learned that I had been called out on the play, um, which was obviously bullshit because that's interference. I stepped on his foot. The foot was blocking the base. It's my right to the base as, as the runner. You can't just, you know, do that. And I'm sure that also I did touch the base um, because in all of that tumbling, um, it's not like I just, it's, it's not like I took off and flew 20 feet in the air. I was a 12 year old kid. I had to have been touching the base. Fuck that umpire all these years later. Um, and this is why I understand it when my child says, I don't care. I, those guys didn't get their gold medals. I want revenge. Um, I understand that. Um, so I, I was wondering, um, how, you know, if, if you guys had any similar uh, deals with difficult, difficult calls, tough, tough officiating in extremely low stakes moments that, that really set you off. Oh, yeah. I, I, no, I was just sort of a mediocre athlete. So all the calls were fair. <laughs> I was a gymnast. See, I was absolutely and... mediocre. So the, that means it meant more. <laughs> I, I was a many. gymnast. I, I, my, my highest as a gymnast, I only competed in like a couple lower com like competitive levels. My highest all around finish was only like third. And that was like really good for me. I remember even my coaches were like, Oh, I haven't got third this time. Like I was a really good tumbler, but like, I, I had a thing with heights. I don't like heights. So bars and beam, not my thing. So then I played volleyball in high school and I'm very vertically challenged. So that didn't, I was good enough, but not that good. Uh, and then I was a college cheerleader and I was better than I, than they gave me credit for. If you ever saw cheer on Netflix, I almost went to that school to be a cheerleader, but I looked up where it was on a map. And then I, I was like, Oh, middle of nowhere, Texas, or I can go to school in San Diego and go to a comparable program. I'm going to go to San Diego. Uh, so yeah. And if you know, like, the terms, like, the, it's a big deal to, like, not make the mat. For us, it was not making the competition floor. I don't know. I guess that's the difference between Texas and California cheerleading verbiage. But I didn't make the competition floor just because my coach didn't like me. And I, I was getting injured a lot. Like, I was I, – I tore my ab. I hurt my ankle. I had shoulder surgery after the season. Um, so I was getting injured a lot, and that was, like, a sign of weakness with him. And he didn't really like me. And so he put, and, and there was also, there was a girl who was skinnier than me, but she was not a better tumbler or flyer than me, but he was like trying to make a point. He was like, she's not getting hurt and she's skinnier than you. So we're going to have, we're going to use her on the competition floor instead of you. So I guess that's like the, I, I don't know, like 
So that's the, the worst I can think of. But like, I was just a fairly mediocre. That's even worse. <laughs> I mean, I'm offended on your beh- on your behalf yeah. by that code. So, that's, that's holy horrible. crap! That's just incredible. I I didn't meet the weight limit. I I was like two pounds over the weight limit. Oh come on! But oh, I, which God. then like, which is stupid anyways <laughs> to have a weight limit. And like looking back on that, I'm like, I remember they. They uh, they weighed me in front of the football team, and then they announced my weight in front of the football team, and oh I God. was like devastated. I was crying, and my boyfriend at the time was on the football team, and he was like trying to console me. And he's like, "Yeah, the offensive linemen didn't even hear what you weighed, and if they did hear, they'd probably be like, I, I ate that for breakfast.' Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like uh, nobody yeah. cares. Like uh, at the time, no. I was devastated. I weighed one hundred and five pounds. <laughs> Wow. Oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> often the linemen are the perfect team. audience for that, though. <laughs> they do not like, they're, they, Yeah, their their perspective is just so delightfully skewed in the other direction at that point. So. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't even register, probably. Yeah. So, college cheerleading, I guess I got screwed out of, I got I got screwed a little bit. But otherwise, like, I was just a fairly mediocre athlete. Nothing was, <laughs> other than that. And he replaced like one mediocre athlete with like a not so great athlete. Like that's on him. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, this isn't an improvement at this point. Shooting that guy's two pounds less than me. Um, he, I think I he's still coaching. I think he's still coaching actually. He because he was with an all star program in San Diego, and that program is like really it's a big program. They expanded up and down California, and I think into Vegas and. Um, he was the choreographer for Bring It On. <laughs> He's actually done oh some things God. in his life. Are you meaning to say this person's still employed? Like this, someone is still paying him money to do his job? I I think so. Oh, that's that's sad. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I'm trying to think. I, I was I was I, similar, a, a mediocre athlete, and was not uh, competitive most, but I uh, I am a deeply competitive freak of a human being. Um, so I did, I did uh, quiz bowl and college bowl when I was in high school and college and uh, we, we did not have issues with incorrect calls, but did have particular teams um, that I had very distinct beef with, which is very funny in the context of quiz bowl. Cause it's like having beef with the Jeopardy contestant. Like it's just kind of inherently ridiculous. Some of them are annoying. Some of them are annoying, right? And so my, I was the captain of our team. My team was, was mo- our teams rotated a little bit, but my team was mostly all other girls. Um, and there were a couple of teams from boys Catholic schools in the area who were such absolute douchebags at every opportunity that I basically made it my personal goal to just publicly embarrass them at any opportunity. Um, because they absolutely at one point had them walk into the room where my team and I were already there waiting for the match to start. And they walked into the room and this one dude who looked like freaking ham from the sandlot is like, oh, it's a bunch of girls. And I would like to point out that this is like 24 years ago. This is not recent history. And I still definitely remember that. And I also still definitely remember it that it was from the same high school where Tom Brady went. So suck it. <laughs> uh, and to bring this back to the match, I would like to point out that uh, Mark Canna, the high school that he went to, those gentlemen were always delightful. Never had any issues with that. Not one time. The other, other Catholic schools in the area, they can all go to hell. De La Salle. Oh, I'm talking about Bay Area uh, yeah. high school, so I do know those. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. De-, De La Salle actually was always sort of fine. Um, I had a lot of friends who went there. So they were usually fine, but like Sarah and O'Dowd and Mitty were always like just obnoxious. I didn't I, I went to school in Northern California as well, but I, I did not go to private school. I went to school in the Sacramento area. Yeah, I, I still school, went, to, went to public school, which was, I'm sure, part of the issue. Too. 
Janice, how about you? Uh, yeah, so I mean, you also go to school in the Bay Area. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not. Hey, Sacramento area, it's different. <laughs> there's there is a weird line at a certain point. I uh, mm-hmm. it's like the I five line, or or no, because I five no. goes to Sacramento. Yeah, I five goes north. Yeah, I yeah. I went to school on the south side of Chicago, so uh, you know, just a, a, just a, just a tad far from Sacramento, uh, but. <laughs> Anyway, uh, growing up, I was I was a strong kid, but I wasn't an athletic kid. If that makes any sense, uh, I, I was very physically strong. I, I, I just I was very small. Uh, probably in eighth grade, I probably capped out at about four eleven. Uh, but I was just very just physically strong. I was able to lift things. Um, my mom just made me do a lot of manual labor. Uh, I, I really can't think about example, but I did a lot of lifting of cinder blocks. Don't ask why my parents just had cinder blocks in their backyard. But anyway, I was the one that would lift them. Um, but when it came to gym class, uh, of, of course, like I was, I, I, I played volleyball, uh, but given that I really didn't know too much about sports outside of baseball, um, I didn't really know how to play volleyball. And no one explained the rules to me because uh, the gym teacher is a fucking shitty gym teacher. Uh, so anyway, that I'm getting ahead of myself here. So uh, the, the class is divided in, in, into two, right? And so um, my half of the team is winning. But all of a sudden, the teacher calls a timeout. And she brings her attention all on me. And I have no idea what the hell is going on, by the way. I, I'm just simply here to either spike the ball when it comes to me and just completely clobber whoever is on the other side of the net. That's all I'm here for. I'm, I'm just this beefy 11-year-old with, like, like no other, like, uh, purpose in life. So the gym teacher just pauses and she brings all her attention to me and says, all right, so I know y'all were winning, but none of your points count anymore. You guys are actually losing now. And then she turns to me and says, it's because Janice was standing out of bounds. And so I'm just like, why did no one tell me to stand inbounds? I, I'm, I have no idea what the hell is going on here. So of course, too, uh, not only am I just a big, beefy 11-year-old, I'm a big, angry 11-year-old, too, because I have a lot of undis- undiagnosed anger issues. And of course, too, Chicago Public Schools in the 90s, very underfunded, very, you know, lack of attention towards mental health, all of that. So I'm just fucking furious over here. So I just start to, like, just raise, like, the biggest stink with this woman. And of course, too, she looks at me and says, you're, you're, you're about to raise my voice at me. I, keep in mind that I had not said anything. I did not open my mouth. I did not say a damn word. But she automatically just said, like, hey, you know what? I'm going to, like, um, uh, I, I'm, I'm completely going to shoot this out in the future and say that you did this. Like, get out of the gym. Go straight to the principal's office. And I'm like, wow. Hey, you're a massive bitch. <laughs> I, I did not say that. I was thinking it entire time, though. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, that there is my short story into public humiliation there. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I, adventures, and some people should not be allowed to work in education. Correct. Yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> the, the funny thing is, um, I eventually earned her respect because I was able to. Um, I, I, I ran the mile around the school uh, and I, I I had the fastest time uh, out of all of the, the girls. And that is when she decided that I was uh, worth worth her time, apparently. Uh, and I, I had a respect. And of course, too, I mean, like, that didn't mean shit to me. I'm just like, I didn't forget the time you humiliated me in front of the, the, the class like a few years ago. I didn't forget that. No, I... I didn't mouth off to her though. I mean, I probably could just mainly because she thought I was okay in her book because I can, I, I can run a mile. But. Well, that, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's an issue with our entire culture, isn't it? Um, you, you can run fast. So now you're cool. Um, so that, that brings us to, to why the other reason that I'm annoyed today 
well, aside from the mayor of New York City saying that, I mean, this is what really set me off. The mayor of New York City saying that uh, basically if you're sad and depressed, if, if you've got despair, you just wring it out like a sponge and embrace <laughs> your spirituality too. And just, like beyond the, like, I, I get it. There's a lot of people out there who are like, uh, you know, church and state shouldn't be separated. And I get, you know, he's, he's a fucking, he's a crackpot. He's a cop. He's a lot of things. Fine. Whatever. You have terrible ideas about government, but to stand up there with a sponge in his hand. Yeah. I was going to say, it, it, it was, was the prop. Wait, there was visuals? Oh, yes. no, he had a prop. It wasn't like he, he was ad-libbing this. No. Like he had this as a prop. He had, who, yeah. who has a sponge? I, I, I still don't know. You how should he just got not be sad. Don't be sad. Try that. Like don't, I know that everybody. I know that everybody really hated Andrew Yang, but w- like, was the, w- really this was the alternative? I mean, I know that there were other alternatives as well, but like, would Andrew Yang have really been this bad? I mean, Andrew Yang would have been like if Elon Musk was mayor. So. Um... Go all the way. So, so, so essentially, this guy was just like, "Hey, have you ever tried not being sad?" Correct. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing that uh, you know, much much like she's still mayor, right, in Chicago. Lori oh, Lightfoot. Oh, uh, not for long. Getting bounced, right? Our, our election voting her out now. Election was today, and uh, so how it works is, I, I don't know if uh, y'all uh, hold elections the same way, but a candidate has to get at least fifty percent of the vote. Uh, in order to win. Uh, and if that does not happen, then the top two candidates go on to a runoff. So Lori Lightfoot currently is in third place. Uh, so it, 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 things do not <laughs> oh, for Miss Lori tonight. Uh, RIP in peace. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I I like Lori, Eric Adams, a cop. Yeah. Um, I appreciate that every major sitting in this United States has apparently just decided to have an ongoing battle as to who can have more of a ridiculous cartoon character as their mayor. <laughs> yes. Like it's like, it's like every major city with, Oh, Oh, you think that one's weird. Hold on. I can do this. Like everyone is just hold my beer at every election. And I do not understand how we're managing to do it. Oh yeah. And uh, Lori actually showed up to Manny's deli, uh, w- which is a place that all uh, a politician stop on election morning. And she's wearing this Carmen San Diego ass hat and just like, just like, <laughs> was there like a coordinating zoot suit with the Carmen San Diego hat? Cause yes. her fashion choices are, <laughs> they are something. Are they worse than Kirsten cinemas? Oh, my, that's oh, a good question. I don't, I don't know if I would say they're worse. I think they're probably equally bad, but they're very much their <laughs> own thing. Way. Yeah, they're, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because because Kirsten Cinema dresses like she um, raided a mod cloth like clearance <laughs> rack. Whereas uh, Lori Lightfoot is more like she raided the closet of like somebody's uncle at a Baptist potluck. Yeah. She does love a good raid. <laughs> I would say like her closet consists of pieces that might've been in like, you know, an old timey, uh, like a Western photo booth that you would find at Six Flags. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> that's definitely yeah. not what Eric Adams is wearing to the club. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine Eric Adams like coming up on you in a club? Like oh how awkward that oh is. God. Oh, uh, God. Speaking of creepy men and uh, people leaving Chicago, Patrick Kane. Uh, <laughs> the other reason I'm upset today, because now he's my problem in New oh, York. I, I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I, I'm the like, I, you know. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not even a hockey fan, but I've I've just heard that. Uh, yeah, he will not necessarily be missed around here. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, it's uh, now he's here. <laughs> Sucks. <laughs> Team had well, they, he tried like, to do like a career about face, you know, years ago, and he cleaned up his act, and then 
And then the Blackhawks, it turns out, are just a really bad organization. And yes, they are. The Kyle Beach stuff, like, I, I mean, I don't know how it blew over the way it did. And, like, Taves and Kane really didn't. Taves, Kane, and, I mean, Duncan Keith was in Edmonton. But still, like, I, I just, I, I know what goes on in these organizations. It's mm-hmm. possible that Taves and, because Kyle Beach was not, like, a, an established NHL player. But people talk. And that's the thing. Like, people talk in locker rooms. Sure. Especially when they have that reputation of being leaders. They're supposed to have the pulse of the clubhouse, of the locker room. Right. For for better or worse, if you're getting paid that kind of money and you've got all of the notoriety and the respect and everything else that comes with being the guy in that room, like, it's your responsibility to know this stuff at a certain point. Yep. So he stinks. Um, but you know, and it's, it's just, I feel like it's probably, it's, it's similar to the Cubs getting a role Chapman, I think in 2016, you didn't really need to do this. Like your championship aspirations are not hinging on this guy. Like it, it certainly helps, like no doubt. Yeah, they already got Tarasenko as well. I mean, yeah, like you have Tarasenko, I, I you it. have the goalie. Like you have the, the best East is a bloodbath this year. The East yeah. is a blood, but at the same time, like as a GM, Chris Drury has to do everything he can to set himself apart from every other team in the East because that's going to be a really tough bracket. And we know that James Dolan has ultimately no problem with sex pests in his midst, so. We are. Doesn't, doesn't have a problem with much of anything if he thinks it's going to make him money. So, yeah. Well, delightful. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, across the river, a team that I grew up hating but then wound up working for it got Timo Meyer, who's like the most fun dude. Um, he is. I'm so sad. I'm so sad. Hockey, hockey is progressively just more and more dead to me because the Sharks were a dumpster fire. And they lo- they retired Patrick Marlowe's number last weekend. And it was fantastic. They did a, the Sharks did a great job, like, honoring him. They got all the people that they should have. Joe Thornton was there. Like, it was perfect. And then to immediately turn on and be like, mm, okay, yeah, actually, here you go. Was just, I don't know. They they have they have rebuilt like six times in the past six years or something. It feels like and it's just it's brutal. They missed their window. They had a bunch of old guys on long contracts, and they yep. should have been retooling. They should have been retooling a few years ago instead of right now. I mean, they missed their window. Well, they should have been retooling gradually for a long time, I think is really what it comes down to. And I, I get it. They they did what they could to try and sort of keep a core together when they were really competitive. But it's just been, it has been dire since then. And it hasn't even been that long. So I don't want to make it sound like it's been, you know, 83 years or something, but it's the Sharks. So their uh, a- entire, like, their their entire uh, like personality at this point is being uh, just good enough to be painful or being bad. Yeah, and like their whole deal for so long was like getting to the Western Conference Finals every year and petering out. Like, um, I yeah, or just I have, falling in the first round against the Kings. Yeah, uh, I do not. I have a a, a like. Uh, superstitious rule for myself that I do not buy uh, like merch for like division round wins or like making or like conference championships or whatever. Like, no, you win the whole, I, I, I you win the whole thing or I'm not buying anything. Uh, the sharks are the exception. I have a Western conference champs t-shirt specifically because I did not trust them in that moment to one, <laughs> not lose the finals or, and two, ever make the freaking finals again. Ah, that's how I feel about the Knicks. <laughs> They've gotten to two finals in my lifetime. I don't, I don't know. 
I'm not. I I feel like I'm not buying this run either. They're up to fifth. They had this huge win over the Celtics last night, or yeah, by the time you hear this, the other night. I feel like I'm I'm gonna keep being like I'm not getting sucked in. I'm not getting sucked in. I'm not getting sucked in. And then the playoffs are gonna start, and I will be one thousand percent sucked in, and it will hurt me as much as it ever did. But yeah. for now, during the regular season. I can uh, continue to save myself that pain and focus on, I, I don't know, I haven't really watched that much baseball yet, which is weird because it's on and I'm home during the day. Um, but sometimes it's difficult to concentrate when watching TV. Um, I'm thinking about how it's nice and looks nice in Florida. It's cold and gray and stupid out the window here. <laughs> Yeah, just stop being sad. Have you heard about seasonal fucking Eric Adams? <laughs> anyway, Ronnie, Ronnie Mauricio's hitting a bunch of dingers. Um, he's cool. He's um, his legs are like the size of Abby. It appears from television. <laughs> he's a big but- dude. He's a big lanky dude, but he's also very like he's he's put on some muscle. What is his deal? Like, where did he come from? I've been hearing about him a lot. Uh, he was an international signing. Hmm. He is now 21, and he's he is a little bit ahead of schedule on his development. But like many Mets um, prospects, he has a little bit of a habit of swinging at just about everything. A lot of this has been sort of a an organizational problem dating back to, I mean, even before I started covering the Mets the first time in 2017, because I was talking to some of the development guys and they had the same thing about um, Ahmed Rosario. You know, he was, he needed to develop a more discerning pitching eye. And at the time the development was a little bit of a mess there. It's, it's much different now. They've made a lot of organizational changes and invested a lot more money in player development. So I, I think they're in a good spot right now. They don't, they're not like super loaded with tons of prospects, which is why you hear about the high-end guys like Beatty, Vientos, and Mauricio. He's a big, he's a big guy. He's, he's got some, he's pretty mobile though for being 6'2", 6'3". Wow. Um, you know, when you, when you've got a shortstop that tall, you tend to try and like find a comp, but I, I can't, I don't know what a, a comp would be. I don't want to. I don't want to say Troy Tulowitzki because Tulo was just such a naturally de- gifted defender. I don't know that Mauricio is is like that. There's not many shortstops who are as naturally gifted defensively as somebody like Troy Tulowitzki. So it, the problem is, is that he's blocked at every position. He he's a shortstop. Obviously, we know that Lindor's there for another 10, 11 years. Uh, Beatty is the third baseman of the future. Plus you got Vientos over there too. Vientos probably going to end up being a first baseman at some point, but he's blocked by Pete Alonso right now. So what do you do with a guy like Mauricio? You either, you either trade him or you change positions and they're going to probably have to move him to the outfield is, is the case. How do you solve a problem like Mauricio? <laughs> But, you know, if, if keeping him at shortstop, that that's a greater trade value. So if they keep him, they're going to have to move him. Right now, they want to see what he can do at shortstop during the spring. So, you you know, you start him in AAA, you let him gain some confidence, and you sort of reassess at the trade, you know, closer to the trade deadline. What do you need? Can you give up Mauricio for that? Or is he worth, is his bat worth keeping? What can you swindle out of the Dodgers <laughs> now that they wow. uh, have no shortstop? What do they have? Like they, they still do have a really good farm system, don't they? Yeah, that they, was, do. they have sort of the premier player development system. Them and it, the Astros. Uh, I, I wish it. I wish it wasn't true, but it's true. <laughs> no, that's that's. It's like they made all these trades. Now they still just that nonstop. Yeah, it's that you're right. Them and the Astros, and then the Rays have the Pitchatron three thousand that uh, just spits out ninety five mile an hour ambidextrous yeah. submarines. <laughs> the Guardians also have that same machine too. It's not patented, apparently. 
Every time, every time they use that machine, though, they have to take another thousand seats out of the ballpark. <laughs> <laughs> that that is what the machine uses as fuel is is just like plastic seats <laughs> from the ballpark. Just like like just put them in a in the in a wood chipper type thing. It's <laughs> pretty good. I like that park, and I do not understand why they sell themselves so short like they seem to have forgotten that the 1990s existed and that we all remember it and they act like people in cleveland like don't act like if you have a contending team in cleveland people are going to show up for it in droves because and we have expressed our love for cleveland in general on this show before um not to say that there's nothing else to do in cleveland no they fucking give a shit because they've had the Browns, the Cavs, the Guardians for all this time. Thank God for their sake that the Barons... Oh, Jesus. The Barons are part of the Sharks' heritage, aren't they? Isn't that how that worked? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Now that you mention it. You got Cleveland in you. That's part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it all becomes clear. <laughs> I also Damn. just like to think that sometimes maybe Santa Clara County is cursed because uh, the Niners also continue to get hosed now that they moved their stadium down there. So I, I, I really are. May, I think we may need to just consider the fact that uh, we no longer need the South Bay as a sports destination. I mean, as a Northern California native, I would agree with that. I had, I did have like one of my more mediocre sports moments in Santa Clara at a volleyball tournament when our not one, not two, but three setters all got hurt at the beginning of the tournament. And I had to be the setter for the rest of the tournament. And See? we didn't do so well. <laughs> See, it's, it's Santa Clara County. I think we really need to consider that this is a possibility. And maybe we just need to move everyone. Maybe we need to rebuild. Candles. Also, I had one of my worst gymnastics meets um at a gym right behind great america yeah santa clara county man yeah yeah i fell fell off the beam evidence i still remember that i still remember falling off the beam because i came into that feeling so confident on the beam and i fell off the beam um nearly fell off the stage at a cheerleading competition at great america wow santa clara sucks yeah see and and the came in feeling really good and then fell. That is like the Santa Clara County sports experience. Yeah, <laughs> like that, that. That is that is the whole thing distilled down to a single is, incident. I, I apologize for the lack of local knowledge here. Is San Jose in Santa Clara County as well? Yes. Yes. Okay. Says oh, oh, it's Oakland is in Alameda. Oakland is in Alameda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so Santa Clara County includes Santa Clara and San Jose and that whole... Also uh, includes most of the major tech campuses. Okay. Yeah, Santa Clara County is basically... If you go east of Santa Cruz and south of San Francisco. Yeah, it's the Santa Clara Valley. So if we need to speak the eventual big one into existence, that's where it's got to be. Just open up a pit and the earth tears itself apart and sucks all those guys in. Yep. And it's entirely possible. That, I mean, take, that's the area that's right on San Andreas. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is that's statistically probable. And also we could, we could take a lot of VC bros out with the curse sports franchise. Mm-hmm. At the same time. I'm, I'm sure still could. reeling. Uh, I, I continue to reel from the fact that, uh, of, of my, college friendship with the potential CEO of Twitter and like knowing that somebody who I was friends with, like that I was friends with somebody who like, I know that my judgment as a 19, 20 year old was not good. And I was not a good judge of people. And I was in a lot of ways, not a good person myself. Um, but that I could be so warped as to associate <laughs> myself with somebody who would go on to you. <sighs> Just gross. Um, yeah, no, I, I'd like no damage to San Francisco or San Jose or, um, but like, yeah, just open, open the earth and like swallow Tesla headquarters. Now that's in Austin now, isn't it? <laughs> Although I guess 
uh, Musk was just all buddy buddy with Gavin Newsom like a week or two ago because they're yeah that guy can go in the pit Gavin it, Newsom F him yeah his hair may may be significantly protective in that incident though I can't promise if it actually <laughs> I think Gavin Newsom is Teflon considering he came out of the Kimberly Guilfoyle marriage unscathed <laughs> yeah that is still he yeah I I don't even know I. I can't did, even say did, that. Did I you ever see the photo? Of, <laughs> did you ever see the photo of the two of them on the rug? No. Oh God. Gavin Newsom, Kimberly Guilfoyle rug. <laughs> it was I'm like a terrified. Vanity Fair photo or something like that. Um, oh, I want to know. Okay, I do know. The, I do know the one you mean. <laughs> that is, yeah, it's it's very cringy. Gavin Newsom is is very much like in in sort of the the philosophical through line of Eric Adams and Lori Lightfoot, and then it's just like there's I don't know. He's a lot more sane than that. He is a lot more sane oh, than Gavin that. Gavin Newsom's is, way like way <laughs> down on that yeah, scale. He's, he's he's yeah. He's it, it's sort of like that. Um, oh. What was that movie? Oh, Multiplicity, it's, it's, where like every every copy got worse it's kind of like that oh god (laughs) (laughs) gavin newsom democratic mayor or democratic governor of california was married to kimberly guilfoyle who is now i don't know married or dating don jr you didn't know that oh no i just saw the picture yeah yeah i had not seen the picture I don't like it. <laughs> it's very bad. Um, yeah, I mean, he was he was a mayor. Um, what was he before, though? Was mayor he of San lawyer? Francisco. Right, but what was it? Oh, he was a businessman. Okay, yeah. So he a- that's, yeah, he's he is a different strain of crazy than Eric Adams and Lawyer Lightfoot because he's capitalist dickhead instead of cop dickhead. Right. So, all right, we've got that settled. There's, uh, yeah. <laughs> Taxonomy of mediocre politicians. Yeah. Um, we've, we've actually covered um, most of the things on this index card, which wow. is rather amazing. We've got, um, we've not specifically said that men are stupid and bad, but we've covered a lot of them. <laughs> I, think that's I feel like it's uh, heavily implied. Yeah, heavily implied. <laughs> And, you know, it's not misandry because we, uh, we well, for one thing, I'm here. Um, right. <laughs> bringing the penis to this operation. Um, not, that's phrasing. Um, <laughs> I, I wanted to cover, but we did have one other. <laughs> Ooh, there was one other thing. <laughs> and that is, uh, we, we learned today, and I... Uh, like I said, I was not watching on television to to see this. Um, so I learned about it on Twitter in the For You tab uh, three hours afterward in a, on a Mike Meyer tweet. Um, and this is the tweet. This is just a delightful, wonderful tweet. And I will try to read it with the appropriate cadence. Um, <clears throat> the Mets and their families are having a talent show on Friday. Katya Lindor is the heavy favorite as a concert violinist. Pete Alonso is working on a comedy routine. <laughs> is that real? Is this real? <laughs> it is. Well, yeah. It is. And I think the fact that you asked is why it's so great. Buck Showalter has a talent show. All of the sentences were true. That's <laughs> right. I honestly love Buck it. Buck has a talent show in spring training every year. I didn't know that it was going to include families because I believe when he was the manager of the Orioles, it did not include families. And it's sort of, it's a thing that he likes to do as like a bonding activity. Other managers have done similar things. Like I remember Mike Sosha used to do like a show and tell during spring training and somebody brought in like a live ostrich or something like that. Maybe, maybe it was a different animal, but um and Buck told this story a few weeks ago um, when he did the talent show in Baltimore one year, Ryan Flaherty brought in monkeys to throw BP and he got a call from the health department. Um, <laughs> Are the Baltimore that if he, he, responsible for any 
uh, pandemics. Is that a possibility here? <laughs> Um, ask Sarasota, ask me, or where are they, Bradenton, uh, whatever county that is in Florida. Um, it's something that he like. it is, he's given us like a few little hints here and there, but you can tell that it's something he likes to keep as like, um, for the team, it, you know, he doesn't want, it's not something he wants us writing about. It's something that I think guys enjoy and I think Buck enjoys it, but I think maybe he enjoys just like giving us little breadcrumbs and hints. Um, knowing that we can't have any more, <laughs> but I, I get it. You know, some things should stay in the clubhouse. Some things should stay. <laughs> I also feel like that's sort of like the big distinction between like a Buck Showalter and a Joe Madden. Cause all of Joe Madden's uh, dog and pony shows were always like very heavily publicized. Like there were always uh, breathless, rundowns from reporters and pictures and videos yeah. and the whole thing. Like, like, I was responsible for one video because I showed up one day to Cubs camp and um, oh, I can't remember. Uh, was it Munenori Kawasaki? He was with the Cubs at that point. Um, they, they had him basically stand up in front of the whole team and sing uh, Don't Want to Miss a Thing by Aerosmith. Oh, my God. Um, That's wonderful. Uh, Kawasaki, Don't Want to Miss a Thing. I, th- I think it was him. Um, and looking back, um, yeah, yeah Munenori Kawasaki Karaoke. There it is. Um, NBC Sports Chicago has a... That's some... Uh, loud um but yeah it was it was weird um and and look looking back it was weird that they did that in front of everybody because it did seem like um a thing that should be kind of like like we were not in on the joke like it seemed like he was enjoying it um even though it it felt as an outsider, like they're all kind of laughing at the, at the guy from Japan. Um, but like, maybe it had become a joke among them, like during the week, or I don't know, nobody knows because right. when you go to ask them about, it, they're all just like, ah, it's just a fun thing for us. Um, but yeah, that's Joe Madden putting things on display, but there's, I like, I like Buck in general and I like here his approach because it's uh, different from uh, the one coach who I ever covered uh, specifically as a beat writer, John Tortorella, um, who <laughs> well, said, that's a... we'll keep that in the room. Like does not acknowledge that uh, he works with humans and you know, fine. He prefers dogs. I get it, but still uh, humans are part of your job. So um, there's, there's that and there's him, but is Pete Alonso actually comedy show? Like it, could he, does he have that kind of chop? Because I think he I don't know, but I know that there's. He was smart. He would get with some of the comedians that are like big Mets fans. I mean, I know that there's a couple that follow me on Twitter. Like, if Pete was smart, he would DM one of those and like ask for some jokes about like or give like send send one of them some material and be like, write me a couple jokes and I'll like sign a ball for you or something. Like that's what I would do. <laughs> that's that's smart business. Yeah, Britt, if you could see any of the Mets do a, a talent show, a sort of thing, what what would you what would you visualize here? Oh, am I? What what would I imagine would actually happening? Or like, if I could pick a Met, what would it? Be? Oh, you're, let's let's cast the Mets talent show here. We have we've got uh, we've got. Kutcha Lindor on the violin. Uh, presumably, Francisco is dancing to that. I can almost uh, assume, yeah. For their family's entry. Yeah. Pete Alonso's uh, magical comedy roast hour. Um, Amazing. Um, I, I want Mark where are we Canada going next? to... I want Mark Canada host, like, a Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. What about Chopped? Yeah, there you go. There you go. I want, I want <laughs> a Mets Chopped. And Mark Hanna shows I, up with like a random box of food, and and I don't. Jeff McNeil has to create a meal for, for Justin Verlander. <laughs> Perfect, exactly. There exactly. you go. 
Perfect. <laughs> um, I also mostly just want to see uh, Pete Alonso sing play Mr. Two Bits too. In, in true in true Gator fashion. I want to see Starling Marte play the accordion. <laughs> and and dancing um, uh, Max Scherzer dancing to the sweet accordion stylings polka the, the Starling Marte polka. He played in Pittsburgh for all that time. He can play the Pittsburgh Steelers polka. Um, there is video evidence of Max Scherzer dancing in the Capitals locker room once. Did you ever see that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Exactly what I'm thinking. Uh, Max Scherzer noted. So, so, so as a fan of drag, I'm trying to think of like, say who on the Mets would like, you know, like do a really fantastic like drag performance. I honestly don't know. I, I guess I will do it. I don't know. Guys. Like, okay. I say Ronnie Mauricio has the legs. No, oh, no, 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 no. If you're putting anyone in drag, it has to be David Robertson. <laughs> okay. And I say Why David Robertson? in the world. <laughs> I, I love and adore David Robertson to the ends of the earth. In 2012, I think, he was one of the final vote All-Star Game contestants. And for those of you who do not have an encyclopedic knowledge of David Robertson's career, uh, one of the like hype videos in, that they put out during that voting campaign um, was a collection of Yankees at the time uh, and, and David dancing to I'm Too Sexy with their like all in the high socks to show off their, their very shapely legs. He even got uh, Mariano Rivera to do it, which I think it's just a great testament to how much uh, everyone loves David. People <laughs> like David Robertson. People love David Robertson. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I have like, not that I have like spent hours upon hours thinking of like baseball related drag names. Uh, so I think like who hasn't? Yeah, exactly. I think um, <laughs> like probably the only one that like has stuck in my mind is uh, Anita Balfour. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's such a shame that Grant Balfour retired. Yes, yes, indeed. That, that, that's kind of where like I, I got the inspiration from. Uh, I had a couple yeah, others exactly. that I, I, I just can't think of like the current moment. But <laughs> Grand Slammy, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking a little bit more like a queen on the older side. Like I don't know, maybe like a yeah, Wendy Wallbanger here. Yeah. That's, uh... I don't know. These names are kind of fun, though. You can, you should, uh, you should just. Uh, you, this is what you should do. Just come up with a big list of baseball drag names. And Tweet then, those out. See who's gonna put. See who's gonna take on one of those characters. Yeah. Yeah. Let the internet decide. That is. Yeah. This is the twenty first century. That's how talent shows work. So we'll <laughs> have. Uh, uh, but you Not never yet. know. There, you might see you might see one of those names on the next episode of Drag Race. <laughs> Thank you. Why can I not think of Drag Race when the word drag is in it? <laughs> I was thinking America's Next Top Model, and like that was obviously a completely <laughs> different show. Um, Kate Upton can probably get Tyra Banks in on this. So yeah, let's. Uh, they're they're friends from Sports Illustrated, I'm sure. They probably together, or I don't know. Is that the like oh all models are either best friends or completely hate each other? Is that true? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't I, I, know. You know, believe it or not, I've never modeled, so <laughs> Okay. I you know <laughs> I I don't know your whole life story. I make assumptions <laughs> sometimes. Fill in the blanks. Um it, is it much like um this is uh, so because I, I make things up sometimes, um, like the other day in the store. I, I'm still not sure if I'm correct on this or not, uh, whether or not Crackle of the Rice Krispies is canonically bisexual or if I just made that up. <laughs> I tweeted about it. I didn't get a conclusive answer. What? <laughs> Wait, hold on. Hold on. 
the middle one, bandana. <laughs> right. I can't I mean, say I've ever studied him that closely. They're, they're little but elves. My, so. The main question is, <laughs> who who is defining the uh, crackled cannon in this specific instance? Like, there's not really a narrative arc there. There's they're they're there, and there's there's lore. Is there not Rice Krispies lore? There has to be lore for these characters to exist. But I'm I'm sure you go on Reddit. I'm sure you can find it on Reddit. Yeah, or, I don't, don't want to find what's on Reddit. Like that's going to be more more graphic and disturbing than I want, and ruin my breakfast. <laughs> I I just want to know if if Crackle is an icon. Um, Pride Month is coming up right around the corner. It's March um, in several minutes from now when we're recording this, and uh, June is uh, very soon. And I need to know if uh, Crackle is part of the heritage there. Um, should we be celebrating Crackle come come Pride Month? Should Crackle be wearing a, a rainbow bandana in place of that red and white striped shit? Can we rally around this? These are the thoughts that I have in the grocery <laughs> store uh, after midnight and after, um, you know, uh smoking things on the way to the grocery store, but still um, nobody has been able to satisfactorily provide an answer as to whether crackle is a bisexual icon or simply if that is uh, something that I have made up uh, because I happen to like crackle so very much. I'm so sorry. You don't have a sufficient answer for that. Yeah, I know. I mean, I feel like at this point uh, you could just decide that he is. I don't I don't think we, we have any evidence to the contrary necessarily. Have we discussed it enough on this podcast that if somebody goes onto Wikipedia and um, you know can put onto the, the Rice Krispies Wikipedia page um, according to a 2023 podcast episode um, near the very end of it, um, it was discussed and concluded that Crackle is, in fact, a gay icon and, and proudly bisexual. I, I, feel like, okay. I feel like we can uh, be, be a Wikipedia reference at this point. Okay. Is that in the Mets talent show? I, I, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. I have okay. no which, idea. <laughs> which Met is, which, is spending which... the nights in Port St. Lucie editing Wikipedia? Yeah, because it is that, that is exciting of a place. Which Matt is most likely to be editing Wikipedia? I don't know. I mean, I haven't covered this team regularly since 2018. <laughs> so, like, I haven't, I don't think I've spent enough time around them to know that much. Um, I don't think it's any of the ones that I'm, that I, I know well. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't have an answer for you on that. I mean, maybe it's, I, you know, there's a lot of people in in front offices who are good with computers these days, so that's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> All Billy Appler sitting there. <laughs> I don't think it's him. He's got too, he's doing he's he's got too much to do. He's on the phone constantly with you know Steve Cohen and other people. Brass. <laughs> <laughs> he's on there with Jimmy Wales. <laughs> if anybody can get a Wikipedia change, it's going to be Steve Cohen. So, <laughs> yeah, let's let's address this to him. Steve Cohen will, um, uh, and also Steve, while you're here uh, at the end of this show, uh, let's get Arizona iced tea at the ballpark. Ninety nine cents for the can, just like at the bodega. Um, the white ball. You can afford it. Uh, we're still paying the eight fifty for the hot dog that we have with the with the uh, Arizona. I don't think it's really eight fifty. It's probably. Maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know what a hot dog's going to cost this year. I haven't been to the ballpark yet. Soon enough. I have no though. idea. Abby, I, I will see you there and uh, not a minute before because I am not uh, traveling to spring training. Um, unless I see you in New York before that. I don't know. Um, you, you live here. The rare guest on this show who actually uh, lives here, but uh, I don't 
usually go many places to see people. That's uh, that's me. Um, Abby, thank you so much for for joining us uh, all the way from uh, Florida, uh, home of grapefruits and leagues and uh, <laughs> baseball, grapefruit league. It's the three things that are there. Uh, Janice, thank you also for joining us from uh, from Chicago, home of uh, America's uh, second worst ex-cop mayor, soon to be <laughs> America's worst ex-cop ex-mayor. Um, we, we all cannot wait for that. Oh. And of course, Brett, thank you for joining us uh, from your undisclosed location uh, somewhere uh, in between uh, the Pacific Ocean and the California-Nevada state line. Uh, this has been another episode of, of Willett's Pod. I yammered at the start of it. I'm yammering at the end of it. Um, I believe that I had a very long rant just now about crackle sexuality that may or may not have been appropriate. We'll see if we get complaints about that. Probably not, because if you're with us this far, you're not complaining about this. And that's why we thank you so much. 